The 496th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that is U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head on over to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And there's only a few days left to get 15% off everything in the SGPN merch store with promo code PLAYOFFS. Howdy ho, Jen Reno's welcome to episode 496 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This one's going out to our friend Crunch because he's making the ultimate sacrifice for us. He he's the one that pays attention to um Daniel Cormier, so the rest of us <laughs> don't have to. So he watches his show and uh pays attention to it apparently. So uh thank you for sacrificing for the rest of us, Crunch. You're a real martyr for the cause. And thank you everyone else for paying attention to us and listening to this episode. Uh, this is a UFC episode once again. UFC's back this week. They had a week off last week. I think they're going something like 12 weeks straight or something now. So we sh- shall have lots of UFC uh, in your eyes and your holes going forward. Um, this is UFC Fight Night. Delizzi versus Imabov. It is very much a UFC Apex fight card. Not as bad as next week's. Next week's is very, very much a UFC uh, Apex fight card. This one's a little bit stronger. Um, so we're going to break it down for you. It doesn't matter. As I said before, it doesn't matter how strong a fight card is. We can make money off any kind of, uh, any kind of fighting. And that's what we're here to do. So we're going to break down the seven prelim f- fights for you today, tomorrow, the six main car fights and our fancy plays. So, um, let's bring in a co-host with the mo host. It's the one and only Gumby Reeland. Hello. I'm not even sure I looked at next week's fight card. Is it really that bad? Hermanson, Hermanson versus Pfeiffer, which is good. That's a great fight. And, then, and it's a good yeah. uh it's a good litmus test. It's a good uh get a fresh guy in the top 15 move. Yep. Uh yeah, so that's a good one. What what what's uh Ige versus Feely? Eh. 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 Let let Andre Feely get a choice. Yeah. Some guy named Brizek versus Duraev. Oh, Rob, Robert Brizek. Yeah, he's yep. a Polish folk. <laughs> Tavares versus Robocop. Which Tavares? <laughs> Brad. Brad Tavares. All right. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> Mike, Michael Johnson, Darius Flowers, and Hadolfo Vieira, Armin Petrosa. Wait, Mike, that's, your, that's your main card. <laughs> man, Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. That is a fight that is uh, going to happen in a cage. Uh, that's well, about we, all I have We do say. have Luma. <laughs> Luma versus Bruno Brazil we have. so Oh, that's nice. a sick fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not and Max uh, Payne's a, Max Payne's on that card too. It's true. You the man you just I haven't heard it yet. You haven't dropped yeah. it yet, right? I haven't dropped it yet. Co-host has been okay. a little slow on uh recording our parts. So uh he'll, he'll he'll get there. <laughs> he's not the co-host with the mall host like you are. No, um yeah. All right, so we got uh do we have any news that we need to discuss? I don't think we do. Nothing's really happened, right? Nah, not unless you like uh, you like listening to the Twitter bickerings of uh, Chris Cyborg. Uh, apart from that, there's oh, I I, I I totally haven't. I'm totally out of the loop with that, which is good. I don't know anything about that. So I'll, I just it, it's think- funny. It's funny because she's the only one who's allowed to change promotions and have it not be yeah. running away from things. 
So yeah. like, you know, yeah. like, uh, like Amanda Nunez was running from her because she wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have a crossover fight. Now Kayla Harrison is running from her, uh, because she doesn't want to stay in PFL forever. And yeah, it's just like, you, you don't it's get also- to have people leave or not leave. And then they're both the bad guy. Like you have to be the bad guy. It's either bad to leave or bad to stay. Uh, and, and you can't like, they're not, everybody's running from you cyborg. You haven't fought MMA in a year and a half. <laughs> And it's also good that it's not her running any of her social media. Oh yeah, of course not. <laughs> manager, fiance, whatever he is at this point. So, and and they've made that clear. So that, that also is a, a fun thing. So there, um, somebody no, called I, her I, on that too. This is the best part. Somebody yeah. called her. They're like, we know that this is just your boyfriend texting. And uh, the response was, Chris will go live right now. And then it was edited <laughs> to say, I will go live right now. <laughs> just perfect. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know anything about that, but thank you. Now I do, which is yeah, great. You're more knowledgeable because of that. Yeah. So congrats. other news, Gumby got a haircut and a shave. I did That's... mention the shave off here. I, I shaved too. So he's he's a brand new man for this episode. For our, people watching on YouTube, uh, that's worth it right there. Uh, that's worth <laughs> the subscribe right there. Um, subscribers keep going up. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe, even if you don't plan on watching this. Just subscribe, be a buddy. We want to start taking money away from uh, the big YouTube um, corporate YouTube corporation. All right, so Delizia versus Imavov is going down this Friday, uh, Saturday, excuse me, apparently, uh, February the 3rd at the UFC Apex. So it's a stack card as per usual. Um, we're a bunch of sickos, so I like this card actually. There's a lot of there's a lot of prospects, there's a lot of prospects. The first one, two, three, four, first five fights we're covering. None of the fighters have Wikipedia pages yet. So <laughs> that, that requires, the level I found out, fighters we I found out recently that that requires three uh, UFC fights now. Yeah, so, that, it's not always the case either with that. Some people don't even get it after that. So we've we got 10 fighters that don't have Wikipedia pages. And then in the main card, we have three fighters that don't. So it's not exactly a an established star uh, fight card, but what do you expect? It's UFC Apex card, but um, we shall have fun with it regardless. Uh, before we jump into the seven fight prelims, any thoughts on the just the prelim portion? Any matchups that you like? Any lines that surprised you without getting into specifics? The lines were pretty standard right around where I thought they would be. I- I'm just happy. It- it- there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of people coming off a contender series that are getting second shots. There are a lot of people who disappointed at some point, getting a chance to redeem themselves. Uh, I'm, I'm just like in generally interested in how a couple of people make steps forward. So. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, any difficulties making picks for any of these fights on the prelims? There were a lot that I looked at when I started, like when the, the I like looked at the whole fights, I was like, Oh yeah, that person, that person, that person. And then I got thinking about it in, uh, did like, you know, my usual cursory, uh, film watch. And I was like, actually maybe that like gut reaction wasn't right. So, uh, only on a few yeah. of them did I flip flop, but enough where I was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is weird. I actually l- watched some film today, quote unquote, too. So Ooh. Because, like, there's a lot of fighters who uh, have to be like, okay, do I remember who this person is? Um, and then I watch the film, like, okay, yeah. I don't think I changed my picks regardless, uh, uh, regarding any of those fights, but I just wanted to, I guess, make sure um, what was going down. So I do not do extensive uh, film study as Gumby normally does. So we'll see. We'll see how we do with the picks. We'll see how we match up with our picks. Usually we, match up a pretty um pretty close to the picks and what we're like 62 percent i think uh consensus so that's not not too shabby um 
speaking of stats before we jump into things you know underdogs this year are like are hitting at 48 percent rate so far <laughs> that's pretty wild yeah and it's been better on the regional circuit too i thought by the way you yeah. were segueing into our, our underdog uh, no athlete. almost you, almost you said underdog and i clicked the little button oh it did the a minute little or two. flash yeah. on the screen already <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the dogs were barking in in toronto last week so uh, women's uh, favorites uh actually it's men's mostly men's it's 50 50 right now with favorites and it. and underdogs that's pretty wild 10 and 10 Perfect. pretty crazy women's two and one uh favorites are are, win- are leading that one so i'm sure it will all revert back to the 67 percent that favorites tend to win um over the past what three or four years whenever however long i've been doing the stats like 2000 fights um so obviously unless we're gonna have a crazy year i would expect um uh, some favorites to to start coming through very soon no does that change how we pick fights it probably doesn't change how i pick no no, no. it's just you know there's a just lot of how, fights to get it to revert to the mean, and and this yeah. this isn't enough yet. Yep. Underdog. What happens when I say underdog? Got me hits the there button. It there it is. <laughs> you UT people know what's going on. Underdog fantasy. We're going to tell you about them, and then we're going to give you some winning picks or maybe some underdogs. Underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. When it's going on, MMA, tennis, they got it all. Probably golf. I would assume they have to. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win hundred times with some spicy plays. Gumby, any plays of any heat? Yeah. So Level. the. Uh... The MMA uh, lines or the MMA projections are up right now. Uh, and maybe one of my favorite ones, you can get Azat Moxham, uh, who we'll be talking about a little bit later in this show. His uh, projection is three and a half takedowns. You got Charles Johnson, a guy who pops up pretty regularly uh, and a guy who's going to be looking for a lot of takedowns in Moxham. So I think he gets uh, for at least four. So let's go with the higher than three and a half takedowns for Azat Moxham. That's a good one. And flyweights, you know, I- good chance it goes 15 minutes uh, as as opposed to other weight classes too so there you go good pick so watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on underdogs mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com and when you uh, sign up with the promo code mma sgpn underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks that's underdog fantasy promo code mma sgpn and always check sportsgamingpockets.com for our NBA underdog articles every day. Is it my turn to do it today, tonight, I think, right, for tomorrow, Gumby? Is that right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're the okay. – well, I, I dropped them for the 31st. You, you got Right, I'm doing the first. first. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you can, I forgot you can to go, ask off air, so now I'm asking on air. Yeah, if you go right now, perhaps you can get on my mm-hmm. uh, January 31st ones, although I don't there know when go. I'll edit this and get it in your ears. So maybe, maybe it's That's too good. late and I've already won a whole bunch for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you lost out. You, you're going to have FOMO. All right, uh, let's go down to the UFC Apex in Enterprise, Nevada. This uh, prelim portion of the card starts at 4 p.m. Eastern, which is good. We appreciate the earlier start times. ESPN Plus uh, would be Sportsnet, I assume, in Canada, the new uh, the new television provider of the UFC, except for the first couple of fights. First couple of fights are always just on UFC Fight Pass up here. All right, we're starting things off with big boys, Gumby. Chunky boys? Mm-hmm ish yeah chunkish Chunky-ish. <laughs> Chunk. see you're you're um a little hesitant to call people chunky now since you've been called out right oh uh, no because he he legitimately <laughs> had lost the chunky peterson's That's a true. little chunky and jamal pogues used to be a lot more chunky but is like starting to actually just look like a heavyweight supposed to look i think yeah 
Well, he used to be a light heavyweight too, so he, he uh, yeah. And then he was put a real, on a lot of weight, so. and he was a real big heavyweight. Yeah, and now light he's like somewhere in between. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we're gonna tell you about him first. That would be Pogues. He is the stormtrooper. Ten and four, four knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice, one and one in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, but he did lose his last fight. He went two and zero on Danny White's contender series. Oh one in Bellator. Used to fight at two hundred five, as I said. Was a regional champion, two inches taller than Peterson, three inches of reach on him. He's been outstruck over his UFC and contender series fights by 1.13 strikes per minute. Yet he's gone five and one in those fights. So go figure. Plus 144. Peterson, the train, eight and one, seven knockouts, one submission. So he's finished everyone and he's been knocked out once. So he owes us rounds. Damn it. This is his UFC debut. He's won three straight fights. He was the LFA champion, striking. Stats. Uh, actually, he was on contender series too, right? One and all contender series, correct? Correct. I forgot to put that down. Yes. So the stats we got for him are from contender series. He has better striking, better grappling, better, more active landing strikes than Pogues, but we're talking one fight uh, for him. And he outstruck his opponent on contender series by 1.14 strikes per minute, minus 165. Gumby, start us off. I'm going to go with Thomas Peterson here. Uh, I, I like uh, I like Jermall Pogues. I like some of the changes he's made. Uh, but that fight with Mick Parkin was really, uh, I, I don't know. It, it just made it so that I, I can't really back Jamal Pogues in any kind of meaningful way here. And I know he's got like slight dog money behind him and maybe that's enticing, but Peterson does have a good takedown game. I mean, I mean, Pogues comes from a wrestling background. He's got a black belt in jujitsu, but was there anything that like made you feel like that was like a real threat in the Mick Parkin fight? Not, not really for me. And, Peterson, who's been fighting high-level competition in LFA for a really long time, and, you know, he just went and beat Chandler Cole, who's, you know, uh, comes from a wrestling background, too, just like Jamal Pokes. Um, you know, he's pretty much just taken down every single person and either submitted them or ground and pounded them. Uh, and, and I really, you know, w- with all that being said, I, I, I think the same fate kind of awaits Jamal Pokes here. I think this is one of those fights where... Peterson maybe doesn't get the takedowns early on, but I think Pogues is going to tire enough that Peterson is going to begin to pile on those, uh, those takedowns. And, you know, when he, when he gets on top of people, he doesn't let them up very often. So I I think that's probably the path here for Peterson. And I'm going to go with him on this one. Agreed. Agreed with all of that. Um, Peterson is the pick for me as well. All right. We're dropping way down to lightweights landing. Quinones versus Markel Medeiros. 155 pounds, three rounds. We'll tell you about Jonas first. He is the lone wolf, seven, two, and one. Five knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. All one in the UFC. He's won five of his last six, but he did lose his last fight. He went all one in the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, oh, and one in Bellator. With a, He had a draw there. Uh, was a regional champion. Used to fight at Featherweight. An inch of reach on Medeiros. More active landing strikes. And uh, he was outstruck in his UFC debut by 1.53 strikes per minute. He's at plus 145. Medeiros. Eight and one with six knockouts, never been finished in a fight. So these boys have to finish this fight for us. This is his UFC debut, one and all contender series. He's won six straight fights, two straight via finish. He's not lost since February 2022. Inch height over Quinones, a year younger, better striking stats. He also struck his a contender opponent by 3.85 strikes per minute, minus 130. Give me Medeiros. I like the striking. I like the power. I like the run he is on. Uh, I'll take Medeiros as the favorite here. Yeah, I will say uh, the line has come down a little bit on Mikhail Medeiros, and I I think 
uh, it's starting to get to a place where I think the line is actually playable because when it was posted originally, he was up in the mid 200s. In uh, I'll be honest, I, I don't think that's really playable because despite the fact that I didn't really like Quinones on the Ultimate Fighter, he looked really good in that Nazrat Hakprast fight. I, I can see why, and I, I've seen a couple of people get in on Landon Quinones uh, this week, which, which is obviously why we see that line moving. What did you say the line on Medeiros was? Uh, we got him at minus one thirty. Is about oh, yeah, and, and that was it like was minus two twenty five is when it opened at. Yeah, so it was up in the twos all the way down to. I mean, it's getting close to even money. I think that's very playable. Um, because I do think he's a better striker, right? Like I think he's cleaner. I love the way that he backed up Isa Isakov in uh in that fight on Contender Series. I think Quinones moved a little bit too far backwards regularly fighting against Nazrat Hakparas. And in general, I don't think Hakparas's uh, footwork is nearly as good as Medeiros's. Um, he, he has like that threat of a possible takedown that Medeiros doesn't have. But I think Medeiros's boxing footwork is a little cleaner and his striking is a little faster. Um, so I think that's the reason why I like Medeiros. But I see why people were pumped on Quinones because he, he did give a hell of a fight to Nazarat Hakparast. I mean, he made me second guess the fact that I said he probably shouldn't have been hired off of uh, the ultimate fighter clearly deserved a second and possibly a third chance here. But yeah, I, all, at the end of the day, as Medeiros's line has come further and further down, I'm like, yeah, that's a playable line. And I like Medeiros here as well. All righty. We are on the same page. Just move along to featherweights. Jiang Young oh. Lee versus Blake Builder. Jiang Young Lee versus Blake Builder. Uh, we'll tell you, start off with Builder. L Animal. It should be Blake the Builder, but it's L Animal instead. Uh, I think that might mean the animal, but I'm not positive. It does. He's it eight. does indeed. It does. Okay, cool. I'm really poor at Spanish, so I wasn't sure. Uh, he's 8-1-1. One, and one. Mr. Builder is. One knockout, four submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. 1-1 one, one in the UFC. 6-1 over his last seven, but he did lose his last fight. 1-0 in Contender Series. Was the CFFC champion. Used to fight at lightweight. Better striking stats than Lee. Twice more active landing strikes than Lee. Uh, he's got better grappling stats as well. And he's outstruck his UFC and Contender Series opponents by 0.42 strikes per minute. Uh, and he was on Gumby's podcast last week. So take that for what it's worth. Could be good luck. Could not be good luck. Uh, could be nothing. Uh, plus 125. The, the betters are thinking it's bad luck. Uh, the Korean Tiger, we'll tell you about next, Lee. 10 and 1, four knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. He's one known in the UFC. He's won seven straight fights. June 2017 was his last loss. He went 2 0 on road to UFC and was the champion of the season he was on. Was regional champ, 2014 pro MMA debut, two inches of height, five inches of reach over builder, five years younger. So all that in his favor. Uh, he's outstruck his road to and uh, his. Row to finals opponents by 0.55 strikes per minute. He's at minus 125. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm gonna go dog here. I like uh, I like Blake Builder in this fight for a couple of reasons. Uh, the biggest one just being I don't trust the takedown defense of John Young Kim. Uh, John Young Kim. Uh, I, I mean, he won his uh, get to the UFC fight. What I mean, I guess it's a finale, right? What is it? The road to the UFC finale. He won his road yeah. to the UFC finale fight by split decision over, uh, Yiza, who is back in the finals, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. on Sunday. And you can go back and listen to my breakdown of his fight, uh, on our, what was that Sunday's episode, but he, he won that fight by split decision. And the reason it was a split decision, because he gave up five takedowns to Yiza. And for me, 
Yeeza is not one eighth of the wrestler Blake Builder is, and he has none of the ability to finish on the ground that Blake Builder does, right? Blake Builder, six submissions. We saw it not only in his UFC debut, but we saw it in his contender series fight, which he finished in like two minutes or something like that. Like he got right on Alex Morgan's neck. And Alex Morgan is a damn good grappler, too. It's worth noting. So I, you know, I think Blake Builder is just going to, as long as he comes forward with some real intention, gotta really give it to Jeong Young Lee. And the thing is, too, is I think a lot of people wrote him off after that Kyle Nelson fight. I I think that loss didn't age too bad. Kyle Nelson has looked pretty good in his last couple of fights. He's also huge for a featherweight. I I think that that's a big thing for Blake Builder is fighting somebody who is so much bigger than him and like sort of getting intimidated by the takedown attempts. That won't be the case here. And and the fact that I'm getting him at dog money is, is phenomenal to me. So, yeah, give me Blake Builder here. I agree. Blake Builder is my pick as well uh, for all those reasons. Plus, um, can't really trust Lee's resume, who he's fought leading up to here. Uh, especially in the Unless you scene. love Yee's ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially regional regional scene in Asia is kind of hit and miss depending uh, on you know where he fought and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Builder as well here. Uh, I realize I skipped over the women's fight accidentally, so I'll get to that after I tell you about the rest of our lovely sponsors here and i apologize to the ladies for missing it but wikipedia has messed up the order of the fight so we're going to tell you about cut first cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's u.s based and available in 40 states peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet but directly against your friends or other users on sports politics pop culture and other events with verifiable outcomes and tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network cut offers lower big and fully customizable odds create your own bets Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. Social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. And the reward is you get back your cash every single time you bet against your friends and others, other users. Excuse me. Cut also allows you to list almost any kind of bet, perfect for getting action on those fun Super Bowl prop bets. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's US-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com. Listen, this is the spelling, K-U-T-T.com, K-U-T-T.com. And use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent and data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets and get in this offer while you can. The month is almost over. 15% off everything in a merch store. SportsGamblingPockets.com slash store. Use the promo code PLAYOFFS. We're competing against other shows for a bonus, so get in there and buy the MMA Gambling Podcast gear. That's SportsGamblingPockets.com slash store. Promo code PLAYOFFS. Get a cool hat like the one I'm wearing now. Actually, this is an MMA Gambling Podcast. Get some MMA Gambling Podcast <laughs> shirts. A bunch of those, and then you can get a hat too if you want. All right. Uh, the women's fight that I skipped over, which I think is happening before Blake Builder's fight, would be three five-minute rounds at flyweight Julia Stolyarenko versus Luena Carolina or Carolina, Carolina Dread. Oh. You can Carolina. You, you can call her Dread. How about how about we just call her Dread? Can we agree on that? Yeah, Luana Dread. Yeah, Luana Dread. She's nine and four, two knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once, submitted once, four and three in the UFC. 
one or two of her last three, three and two of her last five. Did win her last fight. Has missed weight before. One and zero on contender series. She's fight up a weight class at bantamweight, down weight class at strawweight. Three inches reach over Stolarenko. Better striking stats and more active landing strikes than Stolarenko. Uh, and she's outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.65 strikes per minute over her career. She's at plus 115. Uh, Stoli 11, 7, and 2 with 10 submissions. She's been knocked out three times, submitted once. 2 and 5 in the UFC. Win, loss, win over her last three. Won her last five via submission. 2 and 1 over her last three. 2 and 4 over her last six. Not, not quite as good. Used to fight up at Bantamweight and up at Featherweight. 1 and 1, the ultimate fighter. 1 and 0 in Evicta and the champion there. Was regional champ as well. 2012 Pro MMA debut. Grappling champ, left way champ, an inch of height over Carolina. She's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.17, 1.75 strikes per minute. Excuse me. Better grappling stats than Carolina, minus 120. Give me Stolaranko here. I think she's a better fighter. Obviously, way better on the ground. Um, and I don't think Carolina, 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 Dread. I don't think Dread is is that great of a fighter. I uh, like Stolaranko's well-roundedness. Uh, and obviously her grappling is probably going to carry the day here. So give me her at minus 120. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried that uh, Carolina will will stuff all the takedowns and make it so that Stolio Renko has got to fight this one on the feet. And I think she'd lose a fight on the feet, to be completely honest. However, pretty much every time a fight has gone to the ground with Stolio Renko, she's subbed somebody almost immediately, right? Like she did it to, what was it, Molly McCann she did it to uh, last time out. Like her sub skills are sharp. Luana Carolina got subbed by Ariane Lipsky, which uh, Ariane Lipsky, I don't think of her as particularly being a big sub sub threat. So I, I think if Stolyarenko can get her down, this is going to be one-way traffic and, and it's going to look real obvious. Uh, I think if she doesn't get the takedown, I think it looks like one-way traffic and it looks real obvious in the opposite direction. So it's one of those kind of like those fights you'll find out how it's going to look like a couple of minutes in. I'm going to go Stolyarenko too, just because I think at 125 pounds, she seems to be in a much better place to score takedowns regularly and not have to worry about people's size. Uh, I think that was holding her back a little bit at 135 pounds, not being able to get takedowns regularly on, you know, women who are, you know, Macy Chase on size and stuff like that. Like that, that's tough for, for somebody like Stolio Orenko, who wasn't like, you know, she wasn't like the most buff, uh, muscly 135 pounder. She looks a lot better at 25 whether or not the cardio holds up, we haven't really had to see yet, but I think the strength plays up here against Luana Carolina. So I'm going to go with her as well. All righty. There we go. Agreeing four four. again. Four, four, four. All right. Um, where are we going to now? We're going to men's fight again. 170 pounds. Watch weight. Thumbbell Greenball versus Pete Rodriguez. Three, five minute rounds. This is not a title fight. Surprisingly, uh, Rodriguez dead game is a nickname. Five and one with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once. He owes his rounds. Damn it. Uh, one and one in the UFC. Won his last fight via TK uh, via KO. This, he's taking this fight on short notice. Remember the short notice stats. It's still at 36% win rate. So not so hot. Um, he has been outstruck in the UFC by 1.32 strikes per minute. That's not so hot either. He's five years younger than Greenbow. Uh, he's almost six times more active landing strikes based off their small sample sizes. Um, I already told you what he was been outstruck by. He's at plus 210 on the boards. Uh, Thumbbell Greenbow, the answer. I don't know what the question is, but he's got the answer. <laughs> maybe maybe the answer is to the uh, the dead game. The answer to the when the dead game is to be Thumbbell Greenbow. I don't know. I'm struggling here, aren't I? Uh, he's 11-4, one knockout, six submissions. I should have just stuck with, I don't know what the question is, because you laughed at that. Why did I have to add on, right? You're always, always going too far. 
Oh, he's got exactly. All right. He's 11 and four, one knockout, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. One and one in the UFC, lost win, lost win over his last four. Was regional champion, used to fight at lightweight 2013 Pro MMA debut. Four inches height, six inches of reach over Rodriguez, so much bigger than him. Uh, he's at plus 0.09 strike differential, so pretty much a wash there. Uh, he does have better grappling stats than Rodriguez, minus 250. All right, Gumby, go ahead. I had a really tough time handicapping this one, mostly just because I don't know how to handicap Pete Rodriguez at this point. <sighs> he's uh, a wild man. He's, he's one in one in his losses to Jack Della Maddalena, which at yep. the end of the day, like, how can you fault him for that? And his wins yep. against Mike Jackson. So, like, what, <laughs> yep. what, what a wild range of opponents that man has faced in his two-fight UFC career. Indeed. Um, but I'm actually going to go with him. Uh, really? For a lot of, yeah, for a lot of people who... You know, maybe we're we're off of him having watched either of those fights. I do encourage you to go back and watch him fight Jack Della Maddalena. He holds his own on the feet until basically Jack Della just jabs him to the point where his like whole face is shattered. And then he <laughs> yeah. starts to like get a little bit desperate and he overextends himself a couple of times and Jack Della punishes him for it. But if you watch that fight, he rips Jack Della's legs a bunch of times. He actually hits a couple of nice combinations. And Jack Della is not an easy guy to hit on the return. Um, and if you watch him on the regional scene in all of his fights, or if you want to count his Mike Jackson fight as a regional scene fight, which it pretty much was, he, he knocks people out really brutally. Like, he's got crazy KO power. And yeah, maybe he couldn't get his hands on Jack Della, but like, who can get their hands on Jack Della? And then, you know, on the other hand, you mentioned Thunberg Greenbow has been knocked out himself, which is obviously problematic, and you start to worry about where his chin is. And one of those submissions might as well have been a knockout, too, because that A.J. Fletcher fight where he got submitted yeah. with the guillotine, he got hit with an elbow. And, you know, like you, you mentioned before, you were like, you know, he's got a much better reach, he's got much better height, and that should play against a guy with boxing skills, except for... AJ Fletcher has got the smallest reach of any welterweight in history, yeah. right? Like he's got little dinosaur arms and he still managed to find Thumber Greenbow with an elbow. Uh, and, and I don't even particularly think AJ Fletcher is a good boxer, right? That guy's a wrestler with good subs and yeah, he wound up getting the sub, but he tagged him. Uh, and that is a big alarm for me. I think Pete Rodriguez has, has the boxing skills to tag him. We've never seen him have takedown defense against anybody who matters because look, Jack Dell is not going to shoot a takedown and I, I can't remember if Mike Jackson did or not, but I wouldn't count it if he did. And so in this case, we don't know what it looks like if Themba does shoot a takedown and tries to bring this into the grappling realm. But based on what I've seen of Pete Rodriguez on the feed, I think he's worth a two to one roll of the dice. I do not, but I, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Uh, Greenbow was doing pretty good uh, using his length. Um, in that fight but yeah he eventually um got himself caught with with the elbow and kind of just like fell unconscious into a into a choke um yeah did did all right in the ground he was getting reversed but but fletcher's a good wrestler um i think he's gonna be way better than grappling than uh rodriguez and um i'm hoping he uses his, his length on the feet to at least at the very least keep himself safe so give me um give me greenbow not really a fan of of the line especially with gumby going the other way on it um, all right, let's drop way down to flyweights. Charles Johnson versus Azmat, Azat, excuse me, Maxim. Um, I will tell you about it. Johnson first. Energy. This is technically not a short notice fight uh, by like a day or two. Um, Johnson, has he had a fight with a full training camp yet in the UFC? He seems to always like jump into these fights. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know for sure either. Um, but 
technically, like I said, it's not a short notice fight, but because he's he's got a little bit over, I, I consider a month, um, less than a month, a short notice. So anyhow, I thought I'd get that out of the way first. Energy, that's what I have to get out of the way as well. Uh, never going to get tired of saying his nickname, Energy, I-N-N-E-R-G. If you go back into the archives of Top Turtle MMA podcast, you can find out why he's named Energy, right, Gumby? That's right. There's classic, some there's classic some good back back in the, the day. <laughs> there sure is. All right. He's 13 to 6, Mr. Johnson. Five knockouts, four submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. Uh, two and four in the UFC. He's lost three straight fights and two of his last. He's only won two of his last six. All those were in the UFC. He was the LFA champ before this. Used to fight at Bantamweight. One, three, and one as a pro boxer. Two inches taller than Maxim. Better striking stats and more active landing strikes, but Max only fought once, so we're basing off of that. Uh, Johnson has outstruck. He, one thing he's been good at is outstriking his opponents in the UFC. Hasn't won him fights, but uh, he's at a positive 1.07 strike differential. He's at plus 180 on the board. For gambling purposes, Kazak is Maxim's nickname. Q-A-Z-A-Q. 17-0. Five knockouts, six submissions. He's 1-0 in the UFC. Four years younger than Johnson. He got outstruck in his debut by 2.33 strikes per minute. Minus 190. Give me Maxim here. Um, yeah, you can't really trust uh, journeyman Johnson at this point, um, especially on a shortened fight camp. And uh, Maxim, as Gumby said, if you listen, hopefully you didn't skip through the ad reads because you can get good information on our ad reads as well. Uh, mentioned that um, Maxim probably is just going to spam a whole bunch of, of takedowns here. So uh, Maxim's a pick for me. Yeah, I like Azat Maxim tier two. Um, I talked to a couple of people who were in on Charles Johnson. Um, and, and really they, they were kind of just selling Azat Moxham after the Tyson Nam fight. And I get why you might, because yeah, he, he didn't necessarily get in on as many takedowns as he should have. And, you know, he got hit a couple of times by Tyson Nam. But the thing is, I actually think Tyson Nam's a better boxer than Charles Johnson is. Um, he certainly hits harder. He, he's yeah. probably cleaner and he, maybe he just doesn't have necessarily all the volume he does, but he's cleaner and faster and hits harder than, than Charles Johnson does. And the volume thing for Charles Johnson, you're right, does seem to not weigh into the judge's decisions because he doesn't seem to do enough with it. And that over-aggression is just going to lead him into being taken down by Azat Moxham a billion right. times. Because like... That's the thing about Charles Johnson that keeps losing him really close fights is like, yeah, he's got some volume there, but he's there to be hit. And sometimes he just like is so interested in throwing volume. He gets taken down a ton. Uh, and Moxham is just going to put him on his butt enough times that I think the judges will be swayed and they'll give it to Moxham. And that's if Moxham doesn't, you know, like start to roll a little bit here on the mat and, and get something to finish. So yeah, I, I like Moxham here too. And, uh, the number's not awful on Azam Maxim. I, I think no. a negative 190 no, is pretty, play, pretty playable. Yep. Um, and he's a finisher for a flyweight as well. Five knockouts, six submissions, 11 finishes in 17 fights. It's not too shabby at all. All right, let's go to the main event of the prelims. Oh, what a fight. A rematch. <laughs> Gumby, I know it. I know it's a rematch. UFC <laughs> ones I, I usually catch. Uh, I forgot they had fought, but I saw on the records they had fought. Uh, three or five minutes. How, how could you forget? Uh, how could I, for, I know. <laughs> how could I forget? Molly McCann versus Diana Balbicha, part one. Uh, I should. Balbicha is um, a Canadian fighting out of like my birthplace, so I should know. She's Romanian. Um, She's Romanian. Yes, Romanian, can, Romanian dash Canadian. She's been living and training in Canada. Gonna be okay. Okay. Unless she loses here, then you can, you can claim whoever you want, I guess. That's true. I, <laughs> you got yeah, Sean I'm not Strickland, really, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really fighting to claim uh, the Warrior Princess here, but uh, let's tell you about the Warrior Princess herself, Diana Babicha, 15 and 8, 
six knockouts, four submissions. She's been submitted four times, two and four on the UFC, win-loss, win-loss over her last four. Used fight at flyweight, used fight at bantamweight, lost to Molly McCann at flyweight in 2019. She's been a pro MMA fighter since 2014. She's a Kempo champion, a kickboxing champion, and a karate champion, plus 230. Uh, meatball Molly, naturally, uh, 13 to 6 with six knockouts. She's been submitted three times, six to five in the UFC. She's lost two straight. Before that, she won three straight. Both of her losses have come via submission. Uh, both of her last two losses used to fight at flyweight. This is her, I think her, is this her first ever fight at strawweight? It's her first UFC fight, but is this her first ever? I think this is her first ever. She, she fought a lot at 25 in cage warriors. Yep. Yep. Um, she was a champion at cage warriors at that weight class. Uh, she also has missed weight before. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, she's missed weight at a weight class higher than the one that she's fighting out on Saturday. Uh, so you may want to hang off till Friday, see how she's looking or how she does on the scale. Uh, as well as Cage Warriors Championship, she also has a regional championship on her mantle, and she's at minus 260. Gumby, I believe it's you, right? I'm going with Meatball. Me? I, I, I mean, she, the way she won her first fight, which was like, it, it was kind of shocking, right? Because in, in Cage Warriors, she was like a, you know, a boxer brawler, and she came in and fought Belbicha in her not her debut, but it was close to it. And she she threw a bunch of takedowns in there and, and took Belbicha down. And that kind of drew the blueprint to beating Belbicha for everybody from then on. And the thing is, is like that's still the game plan to beat her. And there's no reason to believe that McCann couldn't do it a weight class down, especially, you know, like you said, be worried about the weight if you want. But if you've seen pictures of her, she looks like she's in incredible shape moving down to straw weight. She she doesn't look like completely drawn out like you might worry she might because she was already kind of like, you know, a little bit bigger and carried a little bit extra weight. I think she's doing this almost as a smart decision because she's not like a big framed 25er. So like it might make sense for her to be able to drop down to straw weight. And, you know, like I think the wrestling game probably is just going to play up here against Belbicha. She'll be uh, a very strong straw weight compared to some of the ones Belbicha has fought. So yeah, give me Molly McCann in the rematch. I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, McCann's my pick as well. Um, not really worrying about the weight because basically she's fighting someone who is cutting down as well. Uh, that's usually a flyweight. So um, as long as she looks all right in scale and makes the weight, then she is to pick here, especially considering she won the original fight. All right. That is not like uh, Belbeach has shown us anything special since uh, since losing that fight. So um, let's recap, and then we'll get out of your ear holes and eye holes and get back in it again tomorrow. We both have McCann. We both have Maxim. I have Grimbo. He has Rodriguez. We both have Builder. Uh, we both have Stolaranko after I put Dan's name down. There, now you officially have Stolaranko. We both have Medeiros. Once again, your name's got to go there. There we go. And then we both, both have Peterson, right? That's right. Six out of seven. So you, Yep, you grabbed an extra dog, as Gumby tends to do. All right, uh, thank you for watching and or listening. We'll be back, as I said, tomorrow. Uh, you can chat with us in the Discord, sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord. Real good community there. It's shocking. We've said it before, but it's shocking how uh, well-behaved and um, civilized everyone is uh, on a online social media thing. But um, <laughs> I, I assume it's because of the parents, Gumby and Chalks, that uh, we've raised good children in there. But anyhow. Any assholes tend to go away pretty quick because they don't get the ox oxygen you need. Axel assholes need oxygen, Gumby. And they they're also they're also looking to get sticky, and we don't get sticky. <laughs> oh yes, the sticky. <laughs> we, we, we do get some spam in there, but we have fun with that. So get in the Discord if you're not already. If you're already in there, you haven't chatted. Give us a wave. Tell us hi if you prefer to watch. Uh, we are, are at uh, speaking of watching, obviously YouTube. 
Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribe with all your accounts if you have a billion accounts. Get your spouses to subscribe. Steal your kids' phones to get them to subscribe. We're at my MMA Gambling Podcast there. Um, what else do we got? We got Twitter. We st- Twitter's still alive, and we're at SGPN MMA. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer on Twitter and on Instagram. I got a Substack. Get in there. Subscribe. Enter my Pick'em contest for free. It's moneymma.substack.com. Gumby's got Top Turtle MMA Podcast, which we've mentioned a couple times. It should be dropping. Maybe maybe it'll be in your in your feed by now. Who's to say? Um, who's on it again this week? Gumby, remind the people. Uh, Max Griffin and Jamal Pogues. There you go. Two people we just know. One of them we talked about, the other one we mentioned, but we will be doing more discussion on him next week. And obviously, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store playoffs is the code there. That's all the stuff you need to know. We'll be back tomorrow. It will be L Animal, Jeff Fox, and Energy Gumby Vreeland will be riding shotgun. We'll talk to you then. Bye.